the home of rhythm and bruise. Please welcome your host and your hero, Kevin Sorito. Wrestling on the radio. We're back with another early 10:30 bell time this week. Special 90-minute time limit here for wrestling time as we talk wrestling on the radio every Saturday here on Sports Entertainment 56, 96.1 and 87.7 FM. Started early this week. We started early last week, and we will start early next week. We got this, this uh, bonus half hour. Uh, it's the only way to do it since we're in this jam-packed January of professional wrestling action uh, here in Memphis. And there is still much more uh, wrestling to come this month here in the, the, the first month of this new decade. Uh, might end up being the busiest wrestling month of the entire decade uh, right here as we, we get things underway. We've, we've seen SmackDown already here in Memphis, SmackDown on Fox. We've had AEW. Already, we've had one 901 wrestling show at Rec Room. Uh, last Tuesday night was the Trivia Rumble. Big shout out to everybody who came out to um, our latest wrestling trivia event. About four or five times a year, uh, we we get together, the wrestling fans of the Mid-South, for a very fun, free event. And uh, this one uh, was one of, one of the best ones yet. And we were at Highland Axe and Rec on Tuesday night. Shout out to... to uh, Clementine Cassidy was there. If you were at the AEW show and you saw the kid version of Orange Cassidy come in and defeat uh, badass Billy Gunn in the middle of the ring, this uh, is uh, the same kid. He was there. He showed up for uh, for the Trivia Rumble. So he was there. It was so much fun. It's the Trivia version of the Royal Rumble. It's a wrestling event where you get to be a part of the action. If you missed it, uh, don't miss the next one. It will be Trivia Mania coming up in March before WrestleMania will be uh, competing as uh, uh, teams. It's a it will be a team uh, faction actually is what we call it uh, when we've got uh, teams at wrestling trivia. It's got to be called factions or stables. So we'll assemble your stable for for Trivia Mania coming up uh, right before uh, WrestleMania. It will be in March. WrestleMania I believe is April fifth down there in uh, the Tampa Bay area. So uh, we'll give you updates, give you the exact date, time, and location of that. Of course, on this show as we move forward, CerritoTrivia.com as well. Like uh, my page on uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook.com/slash Cerrito or slash Cerrito Trivia. Uh, but big thanks again to everybody who came out, everyone from 901 Wrestling, even even Tommy Jacks, who was there, and uh, and Andy Mack uh, out there as well, uh, Dustin Anthony, the baddest man alive. Lots of fun. Uh, Highland Axe and Rex. So this busy month is going to continue. Up next on the schedule for wrestling fans is NXT. NXT happening at Minglewood Hall this Thursday night. I can't wait to be there. And I'm go- I can't wait to send someone listening there as well. We gave away NXT tickets to the winner of the Trivia Rumble the other night. And we're going to give a pair of NXT tickets today to one caller here during wrestling time in this 90 90- uh, special 90-minute time limit edition of Wrestling Time. So what you got to do here, so every we, every week we've been giving you free tickets to every everything happening. And it's, it's the only place, folks. Like, except, you know, accept no imitations out there. You might, you might, you might hear 
some imitations. But this is it. This is the only show in Memphis that talks about wrestling on the radio uh, every single week here in, in, in Memphis. It's the only show that is sending you. I care about you, the listener. That's what we want. We want you to be there. Uh, we are uh, on, on Facebook uh, earlier or at the very end of the last decade on Facebook, we gave away tickets to everything, to one person. Uh, and then every week since then on the show, leading up to SmackDown, leading up to all these, we're giving away tickets today. No exception. We're going to away tickets to NXT. Uh, this week in Minglewood Hall, we got some nice tickets, uh, uh, a pair of tickets going to someone today. So what you got to do is tune in. So throughout the show, we will have a sounder. We've been doing these, these uh, different sounders. I'm not going to play the sounder, but I will tell you what you're going to be listening for. And this will be your cue to call. So if you're listening right now, you need to go ahead and program in 360-8255 in your phone or 901-360-8255 if you're calling from outside of the area code. Uh, get that number. That's the number to call. And what you what you will hear, you will hear a sounder. You will know what it is. The sounder, uh, uh, really inspired by my wife, who anytime uh, we talk about NXT, she likes to, you know, say the uh, Corey B. Trotz jingle. You know, Corey B. Trotz is, you know, the NST is the way to go. And so we've got uh, a very special version of that jingle, thanks to the former producer of this show, uh, Johnny Radio. If you want to hear his voice a little bit later on, when you hear that, it will drop on the show. And when you hear that, that will be your cue to call. And the very first caller will get a pair of tickets to NXT at Minglewood Hall. So it is the NXT version of the NST commercial. When you hear that drop today, uh, that will be your cue to call. Coming up later on this hour, we do have uh, this no, more than just an hour, right? This, this is an hour and a half. Here's uh, Jerry Lawler joins me every week. Thanks to our friends at Smoothie King. The King will join us also in studio from the You Look Like show. Uh, they join us once a month. Katrina Coleman, Brian Balo, the comedy tag team. Their show is tonight at the PNH Cafe. They're going to be here helping us preview NXT uh, with a little You Look Like uh, comedy action coming up. Also, though, we're going to take a quick timeout. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Brandon Baxter, former Memphis wrestling manager, former Memphis wrestling announcer and wrestler. Brandon Baxter, he's now on air in Jonesboro, Arkansas. He helped put together the AEW tribute to Memphis Wrestling last week. And he's going to join us on the other side as we take a quick break here. You are listening to Wrestling Time here on Sarita Live on Sports Entertainment. 56, 96, 1, and 87, 7 FM. Now back to Wrestling Time. Here once again is the Mark of the South, Kevin Sarita. The wrestling action starting early this week, and we will start early again next week as we uh, wrap up this, this jam-packed January year in Memphis, and a little bit later on, we will be previewing NXT, give you a chance to win those NXT tickets uh, later on, but we're going to take uh, another moment. Last week on the show, we talked to Kevin Lawler, who was uh, in the middle of the ring there in South Haven at Lander Center as part of the tribute to the legends of Memphis wrestling, and 
the one of the guys who helped put it together is really a, a legend himself, which is would be very humble to say, uh, and I, you know, I'm not going to participate in the ceremony, but he is a former Memphis wrestling uh, announcer, mostly known for being a manager for Memphis wrestling. Uh, and he, he was worked behind the scenes. He got in the ring a couple times as well. And now he's on air uh, on in Jonesboro, Arkansas. He is Brandon Baxter and he joins us now. Good morning, Brandon. Good morning, Kevin. Hey, good news, man. We were able to pick up the AM signal in Jonesboro, so I've been listening to you this morning. So uh, shout out to the people who listen to the AM side of the dial in Jonesboro on uh, 560 over here. Oh, coming awesome. in loud and clear. Oh, that is, that, is, that is good to hear. Well, did you, so this is a jam-packed month for the, the Memphis market. Is Jonesboro, did they get any shows? Did they get any house shows around any of these? Because I know usually if they're coming to Memphis, a uh, house show will pop up in like Tupelo or Jonesboro as, as part of the – the tour, did we get any of that? No, not this time. Uh, they've kind of scaled back to Jonesboro. The number of times they run Jonesboro as a market from uh, WWE, they've gone from twice a year to once a year. So we haven't had that yet. That's why I was able to sit right behind you at SmackDown and then uh, turn around a couple days later and make that drive to South Haven for AEW. And Heck, man, I, I heard you talking about NXT. I'm sitting here thinking I've never had the chance to experience NXT live, so that might be something that we try to hit up to. Yeah, you got to you got to make you got to make the drive, Brandon. You got to you've already done two of the two of the big three shows this month. This might as well do 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 one more. Of course, you were work you're in working capacity at the AEW show, so we'll talk about that in a moment. Any thoughts from the SmackDown show? Yes, you sat right behind me, uh, and you y'all stayed until the end as well. Did you, what were your uh, thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was I was, yeah, it was it, go ahead. No, you go ahead, man. Well, I, my my issue like I. They were I the lack of communication that WWE does with their fans these days as far as what is happening. Uh, I think they really need to adjust that because I there the idea of they they advertise dark matches on TV. We didn't get dark matches. You're staying to the end. There's no communication of like, hey, two five lives about to start. Like if you had no idea that that's when they do two of you know it's the, the communication was very lacking uh, there, which really made the the crowd be sparse towards the end because it's. 205 Live. But what were your thoughts on that whole live experience? It was a great show besides that. I, I really, really enjoyed that. I mean, I caught a pancake from, from Kofi. I saw that. <laughs> it's kind of wild, too, because our experience, you know, we've done uh, a bunch of different shows over the years. My son is 10, so we kind of put a lot of it through his filter, like what is the 10-year-old going to enjoy? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was sold, and the reason he wanted to go to SmackDown was because The Fiend was going to be there. So he, he looked forward to that all night. As far as, uh, you know, I mean, they have the Book of the Life stars and the lights and the spectacle. And I was talking to one of my buddies who is in the, the WWE office, and just I was telling him, you know, the difference is, is there's just such a the spectacle and the idea that, you know, they hit these signature poses and the music hits and everybody knows the music. It's such a, a neat experience, especially to watch something that, like, you know, I've, I've watched wrestling and loved it my whole life, but to see my 10-year-old kind of have those same types of reactions is pretty gratifying. I also thought it was neat. Uh, and kind of how you were talking about the transition from show to show and when are we in commercial break and all of that. The vision, I guess, with 205 Live is to not let people know that SmackDown's over <laughs> so they stick around. And Because I noticed that Michael Cole and Corey Graves, man, as soon as the show went off the air, they were gone. Right. I mean, they were up and gone. The next guys sat down and they tried to do that transition as quickly as they could. And the 205 guys, I mean, they work really hard. Now they do all no, this do. Yeah. spectacular stuff, but the problem is, is, you know, you've seen all the big stuff early, and uh, right. you know, I was thinking, after the show, I was thinking to myself, I really wonder if 205 Live might be better served 
you know, at Full Sail in front of the NXT audience uh, instead well, of at the end of SmackDown. I, I, I think so. Like, do it, do it Wednesday right after NXT because they're doing live for NXT on Wednesday. Or just do it before SmackDown. You're going to have to maybe change the name if you really are all in on this Cruiserweight thing. But you could call something live and not be live. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel Live is not live on ABC every night. Right. So it doesn't matter. Pre-record it a few hours early. When the crowd is excited, right, and has not, they have not seen right. the biggest of the big stars before they see people who, more than likely, they only know a couple of the names or kind of recognize something. Like, I reckon, oh, well, that's the guy, the Cruiserweight champion, and his pants come off in the match. Like, but I, right. what's his name? I can't remember it. <laughs> but uh, it was, no, but that SmackDown show was awesome. A, uh, uh, and what is it, though, like, because you do go to, you go to every one of these Jonesboro shows, I'm assuming, right? Because that's where you live. You're on the air in Jonesboro. I've been, I've been wanting to go to a house show. For WWE, I haven't been to a WWE house show since like the Pyramid days. And right? What, how is there is there a, a different vibe or energy that, that you like about the house shows versus the TV taping? Yeah, I think just the the whole idea that you know I remember going to wrestling as a kid and the fact that you know it wasn't as fast paced when I was a kid watching in the eighties and the idea that there was more fan interaction and and the wrestlers and the managers and the talents all kind of had more time to you know play with the emotions of of the crowd and that's how the matches were built you told the story in the ring and it was just so different and i think in the television sense you can't do that you know if guys have seven or 12 minutes to get everything in they pretty much have to go non-stop and you're worried about people changing the channel hopefully at the house show the live event you're not worried about people getting up and leaving the live event you have a captive audience you can interact more with the crowd and you know i think you really see that you can really see guys uh like the last time we had a live event watching the revival because they truly are those old school type heels. And man, they were able to really stir the crowd. And, and then, you know, when the baby faces make the comeback, the crowd's going crazy because these heels have been healing on those people in the first couple of rows. Yeah. That, and, and you get to see them. They may try new things at these house shows too. Like we're, we're about a year uh, removed from when the big rumors leaked that WWE was going to try that intergender match with uh, John Moxley and, and Nia Jax. Oh, I just right. realized it was going to be Moxley. That Mox was actually going to be a Jonesboro right. event, if you remember. Yeah, yeah, that's what so I was like. I was going to make WWE the drive. I, I was making my plans. I was like, I got to uh, get out there. I was like, I'll listen to Brandon Baxter in the morning and uh, be there <laughs> early at the show. And, and, and but that of course got got scratched. Let's talk about AEW. What? Tell us how did how that how did the, the AEW tribute to the Legends of Memphis Wrestling? Uh, how did it all begin? Because you can take us. They they contacted you early, and you helped put this whole right. thing together, right? Yeah, you know, it was kind of a, <clears throat> a wild deal. I'd worked on, initially, just a promotional trade. Uh, one of our friends was a live event ref, uh, rep with WWE and then TNA, and now he's with AEW. His name's Rafael Morphy. So we worked on a promotional trade for us to do some advertising for AEW in Jonesboro. And, you know, it was basically, hey, we're going to watch the show. And a couple of days later, I had an email from the VP of Talent Relations of AEW saying that, you know, Tony Khan, who's the owner of AEW, the, the Khan family owns it, that they were – Real big Memphis wrestling fans, they were kicking around ideas at how to pay tribute and would I have any interest in, you know, coming on board and being a part of it. And, of course, as a wrestling fan and somebody who loves the history of Memphis wrestling, I was all about it. Uh, just the idea, you know, it was a chance for us, almost like a high school reunion 20 or 25 years after the fact, for a crew to get together. And I think you could see that, you know, on camera with those guys and also backstage and in the text messages that we all exchanged after it was a really, it was a really, really cool experience, and I think everybody left really positive about all elite wrestling. The well, but the so 
how what was the people these fans out here it's me it's me too i'll, I'll throw myself in this group want to know like how was this list put together i don't know how much you can tell me of if did anybody was anybody unavailable and that's why because there's two there's two big names that were missing besides jerry lawler right. that people thought uh would be automatics to be at any type of a tribute uh, to Memphis wrestling because they live here and the, and then they are big names, whether it's national, or locally, Bill Dundee and Coco beware. I think were the two right. uh, biggest names missing. Uh, can you tell us about the process on it? Maybe why those guys uh, were not a part of the show. Sure. The way, and I kind of got in, you know, probably a meeting or two after the initial part of the process. Uh, and I think it started with the idea from Tony Khan again, who uh, is a huge Memphis wrestling fan. He used to tape trade, to get the tapes. So Tony had a list of guys he wanted to invite, you know, that weren't contractually obligated. Like obviously if they could have had the King uh, in South Haven, uh, he'd have been the first call. They just, you know, contractually couldn't do that. So I saw one of those initial lists and, you know, they were going to do a bunch of reaching out. Um, uh, there were a number of people who were unavailable, a few people who weren't interested just whatsoever. And, uh, you know, the question on Dundee at one point early on, he, you know, he was on the list. He was a part of that process. And, um, you know, that was one of our big questions at the event is kind of, you know, where, where that thing kind of, uh, why it didn't come to fruition because he was, you know, he was booked to be there at one point and, uh, he was paid to be there. Uh, and I believe he was still paid after the fact. Um, uh, so whatever that decision was on why he wasn't in attendance, uh, that was something I wasn't a part of, but I think all of us who were there, you know, there were a couple of people missing from us too, that we knew, Hey, I wish Bill could have been here. I wish Jerry could have been here. Uh, you know, Coco was on that uh, one of those initial lists as well. I'm not exactly sure on what happened with that. You know, I didn't contact those guys directly. Their mm-hmm. VP of Talent Relations was responsible for placing those calls. So, so you, you just kind of helped, like, give them the information they might have needed to get in touch with them, but somebody else was the one who was actually like, all right, this is who we're, this is who we're locking right. down. And uh, Yeah, Christopher Daniels is their VP of Talent Relations, which kind of historically is like, the you know, for WWE fans, it's like the John Laurinaitis or the former Jim Ross role. Uh, so he was the one, you know, if he wanted information or ideas or thoughts, you know, we could provide Randy Hills and I could provide that to Christopher Daniels, but he was going to be the contact, you know, we had nothing to do with as far as offering payoffs or who's going to fly in or any of that stuff. Okay. We're talking with Brandon Baxter from Brandon Baxter in the morning on K fine in Jonesboro, Arkansas. You can follow him at Brandon on K fine on Twitter. Of course, uh, one of uh, my favorite Memphis wrestler uh, managers uh, we, we have seen in this territory, especially really like you and you in the nineties, it's like you versus uh, Scott Bowden here. And right. Um, oh man, we had a bunch of fun back in those days. <laughs> the, uh, what was so what was your role day of at the event? What, what were you doing um, on, on Wednesday? Uh, actually, it's kind of a wild Center. story. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got there and, and we weren't really sure. You know, you go into a new company for the first time. You're not exactly sure how they're going to deal with you. You're, they're, you're not sure if they're going to have you secluded off in some broom closet somewhere or how welcoming they're going to be. We didn't know. Uh, we knew that the dealings with them were, were great going on uh, early in the deal. So I think on the day of, I was pretty much, uh, you know, I guess for, for lack of better words, kind of the point person to make sure that, you know, we were going to get the guys in the right spot. They were going to be on time. They were going to get their cues. They knew where they were going to go. As far as, you know, from our side, you know, they had their people. Uh, Chris Harrington, who's a VP at their company, was, uh, you know, kind of my direct contact most of the night. But I was kind of a facilitator to make sure that our crew was ready to do what they were needed to do. Any any fun interactions that, that you that you had there? I mean, if Tony Khan traded tapes, he had to have watched Brandon Baxter in, in Power Pro, right? He had to see some of that. Oh. 
One of, okay, I'll give you a couple of my favorite stories because I know you have the king coming on, and he's way more important than me. But uh, one of my favorite things that we did, you know, I see Tony Khan. Here's the son of a billionaire, the Khan family, worth. I think the boss told us it was like eight point eight or eight point two billion dollars, right? <clears throat> so I go to introduce myself to him, thinking this guy's going to have no clue. He started the company, blah blah blah. I said, "Hey, Tony, Brandon Baxter." And he said, "I used to watch you on <laughs> Dallas Global Wrestling Federation oh. uh, at three o'clock every weekday." He'd rush home from school, and he would watch uh, the GWF, which was on ESPN at the time, and it was the Dallas Territory that was broadcast across the country on ESPN. So I thought that was pretty cool, you know, that, that he really is that big of a fan that he was watching from that young age. So then we had the discussion about Memphis and what he liked, and um, I was like, well, how did you see it? How did you see this territory? You weren't here. And he said, like, you know, a lot of people in the 90s, before everything was online, you traded tapes. There were tape trading websites, and he would, uh, you know, he loved the idea of the Memphis style. He would trade those tapes and watch all of the legends, like the Lawlers and the Dundees and the Fabs and the Moondogs. Uh, so that was a cool experience. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool to have the chance to interact with Cody Rhodes. You know, obviously he's an EVP of their company. Uh, right as we were getting the guys ready to go out for their deal in the ring, Cody came out from kind of their what in WWE would be called the gorilla position. And he came out just to kind of check on our guys and make sure they were in, kind of in line and ready to go. And I told him, I got it, man. We're in good shape here. And introduced myself to him. We had done a radio thing the day before. And, you know, he's really kind. And he's working so hard. I could tell that from looking at what was going on behind the scenes. Uh, you know, you didn't see a whole lot of egos. You saw everybody helping everybody, which I thought was kind of a refreshing thing to see backstage at a, at a wrestling event. Yeah, and just well, Cody, as we circle back to talking about uh, the lack of communication at the SmackDown show, just like they, and, and the reason I bring that up is because at AEW, like if you're in the stands, it's constantly something happening. If something's not happening, you're you're having the ring announcer uh, update you on what's going on, and they were about to be back from break, and the show's over. You're having Cody Rhodes come out and thank you uh, for coming, which is very, I think, cool and important, a touch that WWE could learn from. Like, send, even if, if we're sitting through 205 Live and we're still there, send somebody out, even if they're just going to yeah. thank you for coming, send somebody out to say thanks to the crowd, right? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And, and the idea that, from what I was told, you know, because we saw on the backstage monitor, we are back there kind of uh, near, um, like in that gorilla position type of a deal. But they said Cody does it every week. And basically, you know, after the AEW Dynamite television show goes off the air, He's out there trying to interact with every single person that he can before they physically roam him out of the building so they can take down the chairs in the ring. Right, we're wrapping things up here with Brandon Baxter. Follow him at Brandon on KFine on uh, social media, on Twitter. Find him on Facebook as well. So do you think this will happen again? That's the question coming out of this. I, I think there's a strong – I haven't been able to watch Dark yet. I mean, I saw it live when I was there. I'm going to watch on right. YouTube. That dropped on Tuesday night for fans out there listening. You can see the actual tribute to the legends now on YouTube. Dave Brown on commentary. I'm predicting that's possibly going to happen again uh, if they return, and that is still a show, and that show might end up being on TNT uh, down the line because AEW has been renewed and they're going to have a second show. But what do you think is going to Like, do we think we're going to do another tribute, or was this a one-off? You know, I think for sure they'll come back to the market. I was personally told at the end of the night by Tony Khan himself that they were coming back. He loves the venue. He loves the Lander Center. He will be back with his company. Will there will, will there be another tribute? You know, I think we can all say, man, it'd be cool to go through and, and find some of the guys who they couldn't get this time and bring them back the second time. It's something they're going to try in markets around the country that are wrestling rich, you know, in the Carolinas and Atlanta. They're going to try that. So I would imagine by the time uh, they come back, there's a good chance we might see some 
different Memphis wrestling legends at the Lander Center in South Haven. Cool. I think I, I think that it's once a year. Why not? Right. Bring in a different group for do it for a little bit. We got plenty more people they could have honored uh, there, and obviously uh, Dundee and Coco. We're gonna try to figure out this Dundee. Uh, mystery Dundee got he, he got paid to not be there. That's interesting. He got paid. He got yeah. paid. He will was you booked. Let me know if you figure it out. Well, I will let you know. I'm, I'm I'm putting all my resources in on this Dundee mystery. Brandon, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Always fun catching up with you. All right, man. Great to talk. I'll, to you I'll see you at NXT. I'll see you in NXT. Uh, NXT. Okay, NXT. I'll be right behind you this time. Once again, okay. All right, I'll, I'll see you. See you Thursday at Mingle. All right, that's Brandon Baxter. Uh, again, follow him at Brandon on KFine on Twitter. Listen to him if you're driving through Jonesboro. Listen to him. Stream it online if you want. Uh, we'll take a quick uh, break. When we come back, we're going to start previewing NXT. Remember, we're giving those tickets away, and the King's joining us as well. The special 90-minute edition of Wrestling Time here on Cerrito Live on Sports 56, Sports Entertainment 56, 96.1 at 87.7. F-